You're listening to a podcast from Victory. Following Jesus confronts us with truths that are hard to live by. Learn more about this message in week two of our series, Cross Check. I've heard a lot of questions about love being thrown around. And, you know, it's a perfect time because we're, our current series is, is entitled Cross Check. It means that, you know, we are going back really to, we're going back to the cross. We are studying what really happened there, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, and, you know, what He gave and what He gives us, and the implications of that in our daily life, how it changes our identity, how it changes our position, our status in the eyes of God. And at the same time, you know, it's, I, I believe that as we do a cross check of what happened on the cross, it's also a perfect time to do a love check. And uh, when we talk about love, what is our view of love? Not only romantic, but when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. And, you know, speaking of checking love, as I said, I heard a lot of questions being thrown around. Hypothetical questions. Some made me laugh. um, And some made me seriously evaluate my view on love. So I'd share with you the questions right now. I'd, I'd give you two scenarios. And all you have to do is just pick one situation, okay? So I hope that all of you would participate. The first question is, when we talk about love, what would you choose? Or who would you choose? Yung mahal mo o yung mahal ka? Mm. To our um, English-speaking friends, I'd like to translate it for you so that you can participate with us. Would you rather choose the one who loves you or the one you love? Parang kanta yun, ano? Okay, so sino dito who would choose the one who loves you? Tapos sasabihin ng mga tao, grabe naman, napaka-selfish nila. Eh, yung the one who loves me is Jesus, eh, di ba? Oh, boom! Who would choose the one you love? Di ba? Ito yung mga, bahala na, mahal ko siya Ibibigay ko yung lahat ko. Bahala na, masaktan ako. Tapos yung iba, yoko na magmahal. Walang po, may mga na hindi nag-raise ng hand, eh. Okay, so, eto, eto, this uh, next question. I pray nga pala, ha, that when we talk about love, we don't only think about the things that we can get, but the things that we can give to other people. So, balance lang, give and take ang pag-ibig. Wow, tawang-tawa si Val. Bakit? Alright, so, the next, what would you rather choose? Anong mas pipiliin mong mangyari sa'yo? Sampalin ka ng taong mahal mo sa harap ng maraming tao o sampalin ka ng maraming tao sa harap ng mahal mo? Handa na ba mga pisgi ninyo? In English, what would you rather choose? To be slapped by the one you love in front of many people or to be slapped by many people in, the, in front of the one you love? Parehong masakit. And in truth, I would not even ask for your answer because wala namang win sa situation na to. Final question. What would, why, why do you love someone? Mahal mo kaya kailangan mo o kailangan mo kaya mahal mo? In English... What would you say to the one you love? I need you because I love you. Or I love you because I need you. Mm, diba? It's, I know it's quite confusing, but it really, it really gets to the motivation of why we love people. Diba? Um, is, it, it, are, the, are the relationships that we have need-based? Because a lot of people love right now depending on what the other person can offer. Diba? Um, what the other person can offer. So it might be money, it might be laughs, attention, security, comfort. And the, the problem with need-based love 
is that once the other person doesn't give that anymore, nawawala na rin yung love. And in truth, di ba, parang the other person can't give that all the time. What if mayaman nga, tapos biglang magkaroon ng financial problem? Pag nagkaroon ng financial problem, ayoko na sa'yo. Ganun. It's so easy for us to leave relationships when it is need-based. And a lot of relationships nowadays don't last because of that. Um, of course, cheating is still on top of the list. But, you know, among, tawan-tawa kayo, ha? But um, among the other um, reasons why relationships don't work out, one is because of bad behavior. Di ka naman ganyan nung nagliligawan tayo, eh. Ba't ganyan ka na ngayon? And in truth, that's inevitable because when you are, you know, in the courtship stage or when you are dating, you somehow have that best foot forward. And it's impossible for us to really see the bad behavior of this person. So, you know, once you decide to love someone, you, you, you really take that person in kahit ano pa siya, kahit ano pa yung makita mo. And you know, when it's need-based, when it's, you know, what I can get, it's easy to set that person aside and I don't like you anymore. Or, or it can be for selfish or narcissistic reasons. I thought I was going to get this from you, pero hindi, so I'll just walk away. That's why a lot of relationships right now break, a lot of people right now break up. I pray that as we view relationships, we won't view it as a restaurant, that if we get bad service, we just leave and never come back. Relationships are not like that and shouldn't be like that. And as we continue our series, Cross Check, where we go back to the cross and see what Jesus Christ has really done for each and every one of us. It's also a time for us to check our view when it comes to our relationship with God, when it comes to our love for Jesus. Why do we love Jesus? Why do we go to church? Is it because we want to know Him more? Or is it because we want to get more from Him? We only have needs. That's why andito tayo ngayon. Lord, andito ako sa church. Ha? Bless mo yung business ko. Lord, nasa church ako, ah. bigyan mo ako ng kadate next February. Diba? It is need-based. And I, of course, and all of us here, in truth, a lot of us started a relationship with God because of a need. Diba? We needed money, we needed healing, we needed direction. But I pray that as we continue our relationship with Jesus, that it would go beyond needs. That we would follow Him and we would pursue Him not just because of the blessings that He can give, but because of Him, the love that He offers, the very person of Jesus Christ Himself. And you know, when, when, when we talk about um, meeting needs, He has already shown us that He can give us everything through the cross. When we talk about, you know, when relationships include sacrifices. Syempre may, as we follow Jesus, meron tayong mga iiwan. Meron tayong mga papalitan. And those are sacrifices. Those are hard. But when we talk about sacrifice, what sacrifice compares to what Jesus Christ has done for each and every one of us? Kevin is so comfortable. Walang problema doon. But Jesus chose to leave heaven, to come down here on earth to pay for our sins. To pay the penalty. And it wasn't an easy task. I mean, he went down here. He was scourged. He was rejected. He was despised. He was tortured. And he suffered the most painful and humiliating death that anyone could ever suffer. Death on the cross. And he offered his life and not once, sa lahat ng paghihirap niya, not once did he think of leaving and saying, you know, I quit. These people don't deserve my love. I don't get anything from these people except sin and rebellion. Why would I die for them? Jesus never, never, never even thought of that. He gave himself up wholeheartedly knowing that, you know, eventually these people would be given a shot at life, at eternal life. 
And now that, you know, we know this, we have accepted Him, following Him does not mean that it's going to be, you know, a bed of roses. Following Him, I don't know what kind of preachings you have heard in the past, but if you have heard a preaching that says, follow Jesus and your life will be happy forever, you won't have any problems, that's not a biblical preaching. Because in truth, Jesus never promised a perfect life. But one thing He did promise, we will face challenges, there will be times that it will be joyful, it will be happy. Whatever we are going through, He will always be with us. He will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, what, ha- what will happen to us if, you know, in the beginning we are enjoying our relationship with God? Oh, I feel so blessed. And then all of a sudden we are faced with a challenging situation. Would we continue to pursue Jesus? Or we, would we, you know, turn our backs from Him and say, Hindi naman pala totoo yan eh. Hindi naman niya binigay sa akin yung hinihingi ko. Need-based relationships. So, as we continue to check the cross, evaluate our love for Jesus, why we follow Him, we ask ourselves, why are we following Him? Is it to get more of Him or is it to get more from Him? And this was a hard truth, a hard situation, a crossroads that the early followers of Jesus had to face and had to answer for themselves. And we'd go back to that story. When we talk about hard truth, it's, you know, it's being faced with a truth that would cause you to choose between Jesus and the world. A truth that, you know, would cause you to change something in you that you know is difficult and you probably don't want to do that change. But since Jesus is asking for it, would we continue to pursue Him? Or because we don't want to change, kalas na lang ako kay Jesus. Again, that was a dilemma that the early disciples have had. And that I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles to John chapter 6, 48 to 69 so that we could understand more about what happened back then. If you are already there, I'd like to invite you to stand up as we give reverence to the Word of God. Again, we'll be reading from John chapter 6, 48 to 69. We'll be reading from the ESV version. It says there, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews disputed among themselves, how can this man give us flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. We jump to verse 60. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? We jump to verse 66. It says, after this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and so we have believed. And have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that your word is alive. And thank you, Lord God, that it will speak to each and every one of us today. I pray that you be the one to open our hearts, open our minds. And Lord, thank you for reminding us of your great sacrifice for us. I pray that today as we go back to your word, that we would understand what it is truly to follow you. That it is not just about comfort, not about what we want, but truly what you want for our lives. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will be the one to speak personally to each and every one of us. 
Continue to bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So the text that we just read comes from the book of John. And a lot of people, when they read the book of John, they see it as cryptic. They see it, you know, because a lot of times here, Jesus speaks in the form of metaphors. So it would be hard to understand it if you don't have really a complete context of what he was saying. And the book of John aims to highlight the deity of Jesus Christ, that he was not just man, but he is actually God himself. That's why John writes a lot about miracles to show that Jesus possessed the very power of God. Now, in this passage that we just read, Jesus claims to be the bread of life. Bread of life. Everyone needs bread to live. And Jesus was claiming, I am the bread for you to live. Um, Now, the Jews, the people during this time, they were shocked at this claim because they knew that as he said he was the bread of life, Jesus was claiming to be God himself. So a lot of people thought that was outrageous. A lot of people thought, hey, that's kind of unbelievable and out of this world. So when they heard this, there were two responses. There were those people who refused to believe this truth and walked away, stopped following Jesus. And there was a small group, the disciples, who decided to stay, even though they didn't understand what Jesus was saying, they still decided to stay. To stay. And you know, these two responses, the, one, the people who left, it reveals a lot about their hearts. When we are faced with the hard truth, it reveals whether we are following Jesus for the right or wrong reasons. And the people who walked away, walked away because they did not get what they wanted from Jesus. I pray that, you know, us, we would be like the disciples who stayed. Now, why did the people leave? And what led Jesus to make this claim in the beginning? As we have heard, you know, John writes a lot about miracles, the miracle of the water turning into wine, um, the miracle of the official son being healed from afar, the man born blind being given sight. Um, We hear the miracle of Lazarus being raised from the dead. There's the miracle of Jesus walking on water. And today, what we will be going back to is one of his famous miracles, one that, you know, people from kids' church are very familiar with, the miracle that Jesus made when he fed the 5,000. So we go back to that story. This is where the claim of being the bread of life really began. As Jesus was settling on the mountain, he was ready to teach the people. Him and his disciples were settling. They found a big flock of people coming towards them. And this wasn't unusual because Jesus was already a household name by that time. People were hearing about the miracles that he was doing. People were hearing about how good a teacher he was. That's why when they heard that Jesus was coming over to their town, people would flock. Probably just like how you would flock if your favorite you know, pop star would come here to the Philippines. Or if your favorite you know, K-pop actor would come here, you would pay you know, a thousands of pesos just to be able to see them face to face. That was how they felt when Jesus was going to their town. It was like a world tour. So people went crazy. People f- would travel far just to see Jesus. And they went to, to, they flocked towards Jesus for different reasons. There were those people who wanted to enjoy the magic show. I heard that this person heals. He makes the blind man see and he makes the lame walk. I want to see it for myself. I want to make sure that this is not a trick. And then there are the Pharisees. The Pharisees who were following Jesus around not to to learn from him, but to wait for him to say something that they could use against him. They hated Jesus. They wanted him gone. They wanted him in prison. And 
the, the conversation that day, Jesus claiming that he was the bread of life, the son of God, that was gold for them because this was something that they could use against him. Jesus was saying something blasphemous. And there were those people, the disciples who were following Jesus, not just because of what he could offer or what he could do, but they truly just wanted to be with Jesus. They wanted to know him more. And, you know, they all had their different reasons. All the 5,000 people had different reasons for following Jesus. But, you know, on that day, they were going to see something and experience something that they have never seen before. The Bible doesn't really say what time it was when the crowd started gathering, but Jesus was somehow concerned with what the crowd would eat. That's the heart of Jesus. He loves providing for us. He loves taking care of us. Don't forget about that. So the crowd, as they were gathering, Jesus was saying, what they will eat? What will they eat? In his heart, he already knew what he wanted to do. But he wanted to see what was going on in the minds of his disciples. So he went to them and he asked, you know, what shall we feed these people? He talked to Philip. And Philip was probably thinking to himself, we're in the middle of the wilderness. We're in the middle of the mountain. There's no grocery or bakery here. And he checked his pockets. The money that they had, probably he was keeping all of their money. He said, you know, 200 denarii, it's not enough to feed the 5,000. So Andrew overheard the conversation and he approached them and said, you know, you know, I saw a boy over there. I don't know if it's enough. I don't think it's enough, but he has five loaves of bread and two fish. It might not feed the 5,000, but it's a good start. So they went to the boy. They asked for his lunch. Don't worry, I don't think they bullied him. Bring lunch more. Okay, no. okay, no. I, I think they asked for it politely, and the boy gave it willingly. And you know, what they had in their hands, it seemed like it wasn't enough. It was a very small amount compared to the 5,000 mouths that they needed to feed. But whatever they had, no matter how little, they put it in the hands of Jesus. And as they put it in the hands of Jesus, as they trusted him, they were surprised with what happened next. I want to read from John, again, chapter 11. It says there, Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, his disciples distributed them to those who were seated. So also the fish, as much as they wanted. There were only two fish, but all the 5,000 people were able to get as many fish as they wanted. Jesus started to multiply the food that was given to him. And when they had eaten their fill, nabusog silang lahat. He told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who have eaten. Imagine that. Five loaves, two fish, fed the 5,000, my leftover pa. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet who is coming to the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. You know, every time I hear this story, I remember my sister asking, Paano niya minultiply yung fish tsaka yung bread? What was a picture of that? Did he just snap his fingers and all of a sudden, Harry Potter dining style, nandun na yung fish tsaka yung bread? Or did he break it into several baskets and all of a sudden, the baskets just started producing fish and bread? We don't really know. The Bible was silent about that. But one thing we know for sure, the little that they had, they put it in the hands of Jesus, he multiplied it. And you know, just with this story, we can already gain a lot of insight. We can already learn a lot. I need to go to the next part of the story. But before we move, I'd just like to encourage each and every one of you. Maybe there are some people here, you think what you have is not enough for your own needs. You think, you know, it's going to be hard to budget it. And 
for some of us, maybe we have enough for our own needs, but we are saying, you know, I don't think I can use this to bless other people. Just as they entrusted the little that they had to the hands of Jesus, no matter what amount, no matter how big or small, as we put it in the hands of Jesus, as we honor Him and put Him first, I believe that He would be the one to multiply what we have in order not only to meet our needs, but to bless other people with leftovers to spare. So, you know, when we talk about provision, when we talk about finances, let's not be limited by what we see and what we hold in our hands because we know that our bank account is not found here on earth. It is actually in heaven and our provider has an unlimited source of what we need. So let's just continue to put our faith in Him. Come on, let's praise God for that. Now here's what happened. The people, as they were, you know, as they went there, they were only expecting to see a show. Because, you know, Jesus usually performed miracles on the sick. And, you know, the people who went there weren't really sick. They just wanted to see what would happen. They really didn't need anything from Jesus. But this was a different day. He did not do a healing miracle. He multiplied bread. And bread is something that everyone needs. Bread is something that everyone wants. For us Filipinos, probably it would be only rice. But during that time for them, it was bread, all sorts of bread. Bread with floss, chicken fajita roll, sausage bread. They were already thinking that, you know, this guy, he can give me food every single day for free. And everyone loves free food. Diba? No matter how rich or poor you are, everyone always loves free food. Parang ano tayo, no? PG na PG yung dating. Pag may pagkain na lumabas, ah, food! Yeah! Pashare naman! And, and we see this, you know, are you familiar with National Breakfast Day? It's when McDonald's serves free McMuffins. And I know that all of us here can afford McMuffins. And I know that all of us here don't eat McMuffins every day. Pero kapag malaman natin na libre, and it's being served 6 to 7 a.m., even if we can afford it, even if we don't really like it, we wake up at 6 a.m. to fall in line at the drive-thru just to claim a McMuffin and we feel victorious. Afterwards, I got a free McMuffin. Puyat ka naman. Pero you feel happy. Everyone loves free food. I remember also a time, I love Project Pies, ano, build your own pizza. And I think it was their seventh anniversary. They offered their pizzas for seven pesos, which is virtually free. So sabi ko, I'll go to the mall as early as I can before the doors open so that I can get my free pizza. PG mode din si sir. So punta ako sa mall. Pagdating ko doon, 10 a.m., pagkala ko, ako yung una. Pagpasok ko sa mall, there was already a long line. People started lining up 7 a.m. And these people weren't people who were begging on the streets. These people were also people who were capable of buying their own pizza. But they were there early because they wanted free food. And even us right now with Zomato Gold, I know that not a lot of us usually eat at restaurants, pero because of Zomato Gold, because of the buy one, get one, even if there's no occasion, we say let's eat out because I want to claim that free food. Mm. Or sometimes even in the grocery, the, 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 the girl in front would say, you know, uh, ma'am, 1,100 total, pero if you, if you purchase 1,200, you get this free eco bag. In parenthesis, that you will never ever use. So you force yourself to buy something additional with 100 pesos, which is actually worth more than the echo bag that you're getting, but you feel victorious afterwards because you got it for free. Everyone loves free food, and the people back that time, they loved free food. That's why, you know, 
they, they thought this guy can provide free food for us. We need him. We want him. We love Jesus because he's the ultimate bread maker. Baker king. Yeah, Jesus is the baker king. So we want him. And they wanted to put him in a place where he would be responsible to give them food. So they wanted to make him king. Now Jesus knew that this wasn't his mission on earth. He was, of course, a king, but he was not a king who will be put on the throne just to provide bread. So Jesus, you know, sneaky, went out already, withdrew from the, from the crowd. And the crowd, when they noticed that Jesus was gone, they started looking for him. But they couldn't find him. And, you know, eventually it was nighttime. When they woke up the following morning, they started searching for him again. Parang search and rescue yun dating. Cover mo dun, cover mo dun. Anapin natin si Jesus. They weren't able to find Jesus in their town. So what they did, maybe he's on the other side of the lake. So imagine almost 5,000 people trying to fit themselves into small boats just so that they can go to the other side. And when they went to the other side, lo and behold, Jesus was there. And they were so excited and they were saying, Jesus, how did you get here? As if they were really interested in that. But Jesus saw right through them. Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw the signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. You're not here for me. You're here for the bread. You want more bread. That's what Jesus was saying. And you know, that's, okay, sorry, right? You caught us. And it would be easy for Jesus to, you know, just send them away. But Jesus capitalized on this. He saw it, you know, you are wanting bread. To satisfy your hungry bodies, I am going to offer you something better. But before that, you know, how many of us have been in that situation where we look at Jesus only when we have needs? When everything is okay, set Jesus aside, you know, I'm going to have fun, I'm going to use all my money. All of a sudden, when we have a certain need, it's the time when we come to Jesus. We treat Him like an ATM machine. We treat Him like Santa Claus who will fulfill all of our wishes. I pray that that won't be our... What, that, that won't be what will happen with our relationship with Jesus. That we will only come to Him whenever we have needs. And this was what happened to the people. But still, Jesus was really gracious to them and He wanted to offer them something better. But as we follow Jesus, let's just remember, we follow Him not to get more from Him. Of course, He will supply us with things, but I pray that we will be motivated because we want to get more of Him. Our true treasure, the greatest gift that we can ever receive in this world. Again, he offered them something greater. Jesus said, do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Then they said to him, what must we do to be doing the works of God? So Jesus was speaking in spirit, a spiritual truth already. He was offering bread that would give eternal life. But the minds of the people were still where? On the bread that they ate. The, the, the previous day. So they were saying, give us this bread. What should we do to get this bread? Jesus told them, this is the work of God, that you believe in Him whom He has sent. You don't need to work for that bread. You don't need to do anything. The only labor that you will do is believe. Can you say that with me? Believe. Believe. Jesus was offering eternal life. He was offering forgiveness of sins. He was offering freedom from the bondage of sin. He was offering entrance to heaven. But the people weren't seeing that. They were still focused on bread. And they were asking, what is, what is this bread? We want to eat it right now. And, you know, the people were not seeing beyond the physical. Now, 
But Jesus said, all we have to do is to believe. There are a lot of us as well who follow Jesus with the wrong motivation. We are after salvation, but we are working for that salvation. How? By doing good works, by helping the poor, by giving more money to the church. We think that that is our way to buy our salvation. Let me tell you this. We can never, ever afford our salvation. We will never, ever deserve our salvation. But Jesus Christ offers it for free. All we have to do is to believe. Believe that He has finished the work already. Now, that's just really a hard thing for us to do because in truth, we live in a society where we constantly need to work in order to earn stuff. We constantly have to prove ourselves. Even when we get the price, we still have to prove to others that we deserve what we got. That's why it's so hard for us to think, you know, it's, it's, it couldn't be that simple. I could not get salvation just by believing. Let me tell you this, it is that simple. But it wasn't that simple because everything that we needed for salvation, Jesus Christ did for us. And that was a complicated thing. It wasn't simple. He died for us. He, he went down from heaven. He rose again from the dead. Things that we could not do. And he knew we could not do it. That's why he did it for us. And the only reason why it was simple is because we have this man, Jesus, who sacrificed his all so that it could be simple for all of us. And all we have to do is to believe. Imagine if you're saying, no, I still need to work for it. It's like saying, Jesus, what you did was not enough. I want to add something more. All he asks for us to do is to believe. And as Jesus was presenting the spiritual truth, he was elevating the crowd's desire. From material things, from the bread, the physical, the temporary, he was elevating it to the eternal, to the spiritual. But unfortunately, the people didn't get it still. And people were saying, give us this bread always, Jesus. It was so sad because he was already presenting the best treasure. He was offering himself. He was offering eternal life, but they were still focused on the treasures of this world, the bread that they wanted. Jesus continued to explain to them, I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died bread of this world. This is the bread that comes down from heaven so that one may eat of it and not die. Jesus says, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. So this is when they started to, you know, you know, take a step back. You want us to eat your flesh? Excuse me? So they said, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Now, it's important for us to note that during this time, Jesus hasn't gone to the cross yet. And, you know, the, 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 the picture of Holy Communion, it wasn't even talked about during that time. So when they were hearing this truth, you know, it, they were really taken aback and they thought, what is this guy saying? He was claiming to be the bread of life. And it was so impossible for them to believe because they were saying, how can you claim to come down from heaven? We know you. You're Jesus, the son of Joseph the carpenter and of Mary. We practically grew up with you. My son was your playmate. How can you say that you came down from heaven? Imagine your neighbor claiming to be the son of God. Talaga. 
It's so hard to believe. And on top of that, he was saying, he was speaking in metaphors. They could not understand what he was saying. What do you mean by eat your flesh and drink your blood? Are you asking us to be cannibals? How would we eat your flesh? You know, um, here's my skin. Uh, eat it. Oh, oh blood go. Oh, okay, here, drink it. That's really gross. And the people during that time could not comprehend it. And in truth, they did not want to understand it. Because why were they there in the first place? For the bread. They weren't after Jesus, understanding what he was saying. So, you know, they did not, unfortunately, they decided to leave when they heard all of those things. They did not see that this was a foretelling of what Jesus Christ was about to do. He was about to sacrifice his flesh, his body, to take the the, the death that was supposed to be for us. He was going to bring himself to the cross to die that death. And, that, and His blood was going to flow on the cross of Calvary to give us forgiveness of sins. And when Jesus was asking them, you know, to eat my flesh and drink my blood, He wasn't expecting us to ingest Him, to eat Him literally. When He said, eat my flesh and drink my blood, it meant for us to consume Him, for us to receive Him with whole hearts, for us to believe every single part of Him, every single sacrifice that He has offered. That is what he meant by eating the flesh and drinking the blood. Again, speaking in metaphors. That's why when we partake of the communion, it actually is more than just a ritual. It's more than just eating you know, a piece of tasty and grape juice. And by the way, it is not Holy Communion that gives us salvation. But it is a picture of what we have received from Jesus. As we partake of the bread, we are acknowledging that you have lived the perfect life that we have lived. And as we are partaking this, we are receiving your righteousness. When, we, when God looks at me, it is no longer my record, but it is the record of Jesus Christ that He gave to me as I believed in Him completely. And as we partake of the cup, which represents the blood, we are receiving the forgiveness of sins. He is washing away our sins so that He would once again make us white as snow. The Holy Communion has a beautiful meaning. I pray that every time that we do it, we are reminded of the picture of what Jesus Christ has done and sacrificed for each and every one of us. When many of the disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying, who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Again, this is clear to us because we already live in times where we know that Jesus went to the cross and we know of the Holy Communion, but during this time, it was just too much for them. And they did not even inquire or ask because they didn't get what they wanted from Jesus. They just walked away. We're going to drop you. You're not providing for our needs and we don't want that thing that you are offering. And sadly, as they walked away, it revealed their true motivation. Those who walked away walked away because they didn't receive what they wanted. I pray that we will never be like that when it comes to our relationship with Jesus. It is during tough and challenging times when we are faced with the truth that our hearts are revealed. And I pray that if our hearts, somehow we see that our our hearts are at the wrong place, that we would pray that God would be the one to fix our hearts. Lord, help me to seek not only what you can give me, but to seek you. You are my greatest blessing. You are my greatest treasure. Again, we cannot really stop 
challenging situations for ha- from happening. It is a reality of life. What will happen if we decide to follow Jesus and then all of a sudden we pray for financial provisions and it doesn't come on time? It doesn't come on the time of the cutoff of our bills or our tuition. Will we still continue to stay and follow Jesus? If, if, if we are praying for, you know, God to bless our businesses. Lord, bless my business. Bless my small business. And after a couple of months, naloko kayo, nawala yung pera. Would you still trust in Jesus? What if you were praying for the healing of a loved one and for some reason it resulted to death? Challenging, tough, hard truth. Would we turn our backs from Jesus or would we continue to hold on to Him all the more? These are inevitable situations in our lives. And for each one of us, there is a different hard truth. Hard truth is not only things that we cannot understand. Hard truth are things that, you know, are hard for us to obey or to follow. So for example, for the married couples here, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, giving himself up for her. Is that the type of love, husbands, that you give your wives? We're not just talking about life and death situations here. We're talking about putting your wife first before your own self. And wives are called to submit to the husbands. Hard truth. That's a hard saying. Whatever the situation, no matter what challenges you are facing, married couples are supposed to make every effort to keep their relationship together. When challenging times come, would we choose to obey God or would we choose to justify and tell Him, Lord, you don't understand what I'm going through. Hindi mo kilala tong mister ko. Wala na kaming pag-asa. Would we turn away from the truth? Would we turn away from what God is asking us to do? Or would we continue to hold on to Him and trust that He will be able to turn situations around? When we talk about, you know, singles, we are called to be pure. And, you know, free from sexual immorality. And we are not talking about just staying away from the act itself, but keeping our minds pure, our desires pure. What if temptation presents itself in front of us? And you know, temptation is really, man, it presents itself so beautifully. You really would want to partake of it. You know, short pleasure, couple of minutes, you know, it's going to be fun. Would we choose to turn our backs from the temptation? Or would we choose to turn our backs from Jesus? If we are in an ungodly relationship, if we are with people who lead us to do what is wrong, or probably it is an adulterous relationship, would we cut off those relationships knowing that it does not honor God? Or would we cut off our relationship with God? Because we will say, Lord, mahal ko to, hindi mo alam. We justify. It is a hard truth, but you know, we sacrifice, we obey because we know that God is far greater than all of these things combined all together. What if He asks you to leave your work where you often compromise, but this work allows you to earn six digits, live the life that you want? Or probably you have a business that earns a lot, but your papers are not in order. You don't, de- you, you don't declare the right tax. You know what God wants you to do. Would you choose to, you know, turn a blind eye and say, sayang naman yung pera? Would we value the money more than we value our relationship with God? Again, these are hard truths. When we are placed in that crossroads, would we choose Jesus or would we choose the world? All of these things present themselves. Will we continue to follow God 
Or will we start justifying? Will we start explaining? Will we refuse to obey? And what happens when we obey and then we lose our earthly treasures? Lord, sabi mo, declare ko yung tax ko na walang tuloy ako ng 10 million per month. What would we do? Would we start blaming Him, demanding from Him, and eventually leaving Him? Or will we continue to stay with Him? Why do we really follow Him? Hard truths are meant to reveal our hearts. And I pray that when we are faced with hard truths, that we would always choose Jesus the way He chose us when He gave His life for each and every one of us. Again, we follow Jesus not to get more from Him but to get more of Him. And this is also a hard truth. And the only way that we would be able to understand this is if we understand the sacrifice that He did for each and every one of us. Is if we understand that above all of the treasures in this world, He is our greatest treasure. He is the one that we cannot live without. We can live without money. We can live without the luxurious lifestyle, but we can never ever live a life apart from God apart from Jesus. All the riches in this world as well, we try to accumulate it. That's why we end up not following Jesus. We tend to protect our treasures, the things that we value here on earth. But the truth is, the things of this earth, we can never really take it in the afterlife. Once our life in this world ends, it wouldn't mean a thing. And, you know, we can never buy our way into heaven. No matter how many gazillions you have here, you can never say, Lord, I'm just going to pay you. The only way that we can enter heaven, the only way that we can receive eternal life, as Jesus Christ has said, the only labor that you will do is what? Believe. It is all based on believing in His finished work on the cross. And He reminds us, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I pray that, you know, our hearts will be in the right place. Not in the money, not in the fame, not in the fortune that this world has to offer. But our hearts will belong to Jesus Christ. He would be our top priority. He would be the treasure that we really cling to, that we refuse to let go of. And once we have that mindset that Jesus is truly our greatest treasure, we can sacrifice the treasures of this world for our true treasure who sacrificed everything for us. When we are faced with the hard truth, it's so easy for us to tell Jesus, Jesus, hindi mo alam yung pinagdadaanan ko, hindi mo alam kung gaano kahirap to. You, you don't know how it is to leave my friends. You don't know how it is for me to stand up in the office because this would affect my, my credibility, this would affect my fame. People would start saying, baduy mo naman. What is that sacrifice compared to the sacrifice that Jesus gave to each and every one of us? How, how willing are we to sacrifice for the one who sacrificed everything for us? How much can we give that would top this? I don't think we can sacrifice enough. And again, He sacrificed this all. Why? How? For what? to give each one of us eternal life, the very lives that we have now and everything that we have at our disposal is only because He died for us. I pray that we would see that. I pray that we would see this beautiful treasure. More than the treasures of this world, His very presence in our lives is what we truly need. I pray that we would not be like the crowd 
so focused on the material things that we are wanting and setting aside the very thing that we need the most. Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Today, Jesus is offering to be the ultimate provider, satisfying your every need. But more than our physical needs, He's offering to satisfy our spiritual needs with His presence. And all we have to do is to believe in Him. Believe that He will pull through. Fix our eyes on Him and know that He will take care of everything else. And today, He offers that to each and every one of us. He offers eternal life. He offers His presence. All we have to do is to believe. I pray that as we are faced with hard situations, that we would always choose to cling to Him and we would always choose to be thankful and appreciate that even though we are going through challenging times, I have everything I need because I have Jesus in my life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank You for this wonderful time. And once again, we thank you. Thank you for your great love. And thank you for your heart that wants to provide for each and every one of us. Your heart that wants to meet our deepest need. Salvation, eternal life. And we thank you that we know that this is something that we don't deserve. We know that this is something that we can never ever afford. But it is something that you have purchased for us by sacrificing yourself. And Lord, today... We are asking you to recalibrate our hearts. We are asking for forgiveness if we have put the riches of the world first, the treasures of the world first, and it has caused us to set you aside. Lord, today, we ask you, help us to fix our eyes on you. Help us to appreciate the true treasure that we have in you, your beauty. Help us to appreciate, oh Lord God, having you in our lives. Help us to enjoy that. Today, if you are here, and this is the first time that you are hearing of this, all you have to do is to believe. I have been working for salvation. I have been working for the love of God for the longest time. I did not know that all I had to do was to believe. Believe in His finished work. And all you have to do right now is open up your heart and invite Him to enter your life. If you want to receive the bread of life that gives eternal life, if you want to receive Jesus Christ in your heart right now, in your life, with all heads bowed down and all eyes closed, if you're saying, Jesus, I want to receive you, all you have to do is lift up your hand. Why don't you just lift up your hand right now? Praise God, the Lord sees that hand. Don't be shy. You can raise it as high as you can. There's nothing to be ashamed of. Again, I don't want anyone to miss this opportunity. Jesus, the bread of life, is knocking on the door of your heart. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to give you eternal life. All you have to do is to step out in faith. Don't mind the people around you. This moment is between you and God. If you want to receive Jesus Christ in your life, lift up your hand right now. Praise God. Last call. Tomorrow may be a day too late. Do not make Jesus wait. If you know that He is touching your heart, soften it, open it for Him. And I tell you, you will never regret this decision. If you want Jesus to be part of your life at the count of three, just lift up your hand. One, two, three. Praise God. If you lifted up your hand, you can put your hands down now. And I want you to look at me. We're going to invite Jesus Christ into our life. 
we're gonna say a simple prayer. But I pray that as we say this prayer, that we mean every single word. That we say each word coming from our heart and we speak not to air, but we direct it to Jesus Christ Himself. Say it with all of your heart. Follow me in this simple prayer. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying for a sinner like me. I thank you for your great love. And today I choose to accept it. I invite you in my life I receive you and I receive the forgiveness that only you can give. And from this day on, I am declaring that you are the Lord and the Savior of my life. Thank you for your great love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just praise God for that? If you lifted up your hand, if you said that prayer for the first time, I would like to speak to you right after the service. Please, please do not leave this place without speaking to me. Come here in front. I would want to pray for you as well. And I'd like to pray for a second group of people. You know, we make a lot of decisions in our lives. And I sense that there are some people here who have somehow fallen, fallen astray. You were faced with the hard truth. You were offended. And you decided, you know, you decided to walk away from Jesus. And today you're here and he is, and you think, you know, I don't think Jesus will still accept me after I rejected him. Today you're here and I believe that he's inviting you back. He's inviting you to come back to him. To once again, have that relationship with him. If that is you, again, I'd like to request everyone to bow down their heads and close their eyes. If you want to, if you want to, Go back to Jesus once again. If you would want to recommit your life to Him, why don't you just lift up your hand right now? I would want to pray for you. Lord Jesus, you see the hands of your people and more than that, you see their hearts. I don't know what happened in the past, but Lord, I thank you because you are one who, not, who doesn't look at the past but looks at our current situation and you see how your people are humbling themselves, coming to you right now and saying, Lord Jesus, I am sorry. Accept me. And Lord, I thank you that you are a God who accepts us always with open arms. So right now, as your children run to you, as your children come to you, I pray that you allow them to feel your love. Allow them to feel your embrace right now. Give them the assurance that you truly love them. And Lord, I pray that you protect their hearts and their minds right now as they come to you. I pray that next time that they will be faced with the hard truth, that they would have the faith to choose you. I thank you, Lord God, that as they come back right now to you, you would reveal yourself in a greater way and you would meet them in every situation that they will ever face. Once again, thank you for the lives of these people. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Can we just stand up right now and ask Jesus has given his all to us. I pray that we would be able to give our hearts our all in worship as well. Let's declare that he is greater than the treasures of this world. You just heard a podcast from Victory. For more messages like these, or to access other resources, please visit our website at victory.org.ph or like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash victoryph.